That's the sound of the hardest worker on Kylan Kim's farm. Yeah, so I would say bees are the most important aspect of farming, growing your own food. They are the one piece that you can't farm without, really. Kylan and her family live on a five-acre farm on the Big Island. They raise cattle, pigs, chickens, and have a large orchard. We have these amazing ka'u oranges and avocados and um, longan and lychee. And none of that would be possible without her bees. We've rescued about 130 hives since starting our project back in 2016. So overall, we we manage about 60 hives throughout Kohala. Being able to sell honey and beeswax is a great benefit for Kylan. But one of the main reasons she started rescuing honeybees is because she's worried about food security. So I've always really had a passion and a love for our home, for Hawaii. And I guess that question that always comes up of like, what happens if the barges stop coming? What are we going to do? And really caring about where our food comes from. You're listening to Hawaii Grown, a podcast from Honolulu Civil Beat. I'm Claire Caulfield. This year, Civil Beat is taking a hard look at why we import almost 85% of our food in Hawaii. And this podcast is here to explore solutions and ideas that could help small farmers. There's a growing concern across the world about a decline in bee populations, attributed to a mysterious phenomenon called colony collapse disorder. While Hawaii has so far been spared, there are still a number of threats to honeybee health. This is concerning for beekeepers and for farmers. About 70% of crops grown in Hawaii rely on pollination. And unless we dramatically alter our diet and only grow crops that are native to Hawaii, European honeybees are essential to our local food production. So today, we'll explore the three main threats to Hawaii's honeybees and three solutions that could help. Go ahead. We'll get started with this one. So this has got a lot of forager honeybees. So they're going out. That's Chrissy Mogren, a pollinator expert at the University of Hawaii. She suited up head to toe in a bee suit, inspecting a hive at the university's Urban Garden Center in Pearl City. So the first thing I noticed opening this one is you've got these little black beetles crawling around. These are small hive beetles. They're a really bad invasive pest. Pests are the number one threat to Hawaii's honeybees. Yes. Bugs can bug other bugs. Small hive beetles first appeared on the Big Island in 2010 and have now spread to four other islands. But they're nowhere near as deadly as a different pest that arrived a few years earlier. The main threats to um, honeybees in Hawaii are definitely going to be the varroa mite. Um, It was introduced into the state in 2007 accidentally. Um, It decimated the beekeeping industry. So far, the varroa mite has only been found on Big Island and Oahu, but it takes a lot of work to keep it that way. Hives have to be inspected regularly, and there's an inner island quarantine. The Department of Agriculture even creates bee-free buffer zones around airports, so an infected bee doesn't accidentally hitch a ride. It is illegal to move honeybees inner island, and it is illegal to move used beekeeping equipment in our island. And it's really important that people adhere to this um, because, you know, Kauai, Molokai, um, Maui, they do not have the varroa mites. 
And it's really important that we keep it that way. It's actually been illegal to import bees, dead or alive, to Hawaii since 1908. And that law was created to protect an important industry at the time, honey. In August 1851, the Royal Hawaiian Agricultural Society met for the first time and decided to bring honeybees to Hawaii. The first successful hive arrived six years later and the industry boomed. In 1934, a ranch on Molokai was the largest honey producer in the world, exporting some 300 tons of Kiawe honey. But then... Fallow brood accidentally was introduced and completely decimated the beekeeping industry. Fowl brood is a deadly bacteria that can kill entire hives, and the spores can live on beekeeping equipment for decades. Once it came here, the industry never fully recovered. So we had a resurgence again in the 50s and then again in the 80s. It's why many beekeepers are closely following news about colony collapse disorder. There's a centuries-long pattern that shows an inability to shelter Hawaii's bees from outside threats. Reducing food imports could reduce the likelihood of pests coming into the state. But Chrissy would also like to see statewide beekeeping laws. Right, I mean, at this point, it's, it's left up to the counties. And so it's very, very piecemeal. Because even though there are strict protections, she feels unified regulations would make it easier to coordinate and mitigate future outbreaks. And so being able to kind of shore up what's allowed on a statewide level would be really helpful, I think, in um, easing confusion for beekeepers. The second threat to Hawaii's pollinators is habitat loss. But monocultures, it's terrible for bees. You, you know, a lot of the weeds that we think about in agricultural areas are actually really important bee forage. Farmers can help attract healthy honeybees by planting lots of flowering plants in and around their fields. And this is also how non-farmers can help bees. Everyone always asks me, what can I do to save the bees? And, you know, the biggest thing that you can do, especially in urban areas, you know, plant forage for bees. Even if you live miles away from a farm, providing lots of flowering plants can keep local bee populations healthy, which will help farmers that rely on pollinators. If you do it and then your neighbors see that and your neighbors do that, you can create what are referred to as ecological corridors, right? So this is, you know, a way that these insects can move into urban areas and then, you know, collect the forage that they need. Chrissy even created a guide for each of the islands, outlining native plants people can add to their gardens to attract bees. I indicate things like whether or not these plants were used um, traditionally by the native Hawaiians for medicine, whether they are edible, and then also whether they're used in laymaking. Because, you know, when we think about planting native plants, it's not just about providing habitat for an introduced species, but it's also about preserving culture. A lot of Hawaii's native pollinators are endangered or have gone extinct. And so the introduced European honeybee might now play a role in preserving the future of native plants. The landscape of Hawaii has drastically changed and honeybees are now an integral part of that changed landscape. So it is important to make sure that they are as healthy as possible um, because they do have a number of benefits, not just for agriculture, but also potentially for the propagation and preservation of native plants. And the third threat to Hawaii's honeybees is one Kylan Kim, the Big Island beekeeper, has seen firsthand. We'll find piles of dead bees outside of certain hives. For us personally, we've lost, I'd say 50%, if not a little more, of our hives to poisoning. 
Hawaii has banned certain insecticides over concerns about their effect on bees, but a host of chemicals can kill bees when used improperly. If a farmer, landscaper, or homeowner does need to spray chemicals, it's really important that they follow the instructions on the back of the bottle. Those guidelines were written with pollinator health in mind, which is why you'll see instructions about what time of day or what time of year to spray, because getting it wrong can kill beneficial bugs, including bees. If people spray in the middle of the day, it seems like it might be like dew on the plants and bees will go and collect this water and they'll take it back to the hive and we're just seeing this mass amount of um, poisoning. Kaylin would like to see stricter controls on pesticides and insecticides. I wouldn't say I want people to be told what they can and cannot do, but maybe having certain products that we know are detrimental to the environment, not sold. And then also from county and state level, you know, more management of choosing safer, environmentally friendly options, because I don't think picking the easy way, the cheapest way is the best way. Kaylin is not only concerned about her bees, but about the crops they pollinate. Certain crops grow larger and produce higher yields the more they're pollinated, which would help local farmers compete with imported foods. It's really more about connecting to our food, not just bees, you know, like the health of our bees really is a great reflection of the health of us as people and as a community. To learn more and peruse Chrissy's database of bee-friendly native plants, visit civilbeat.org slash hawaiigrown. Hawaii Grown is a podcast from Honolulu Civil Beat and funded in part by grants from the Ulupono Fund at the Hawaii Community Foundation, the Marisla Fund at the Hawaii Community Foundation, and the Frost Family Foundation. To learn more about Civil Beat and our journalism, subscribe to our free morning email newsletter by texting CIVIL to 66866.